Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Episode 43. Free agency begins with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com. And use the promo code RINK for your sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And free agency begins on July 13th, and on that day, the Bruins signed five core members of the next 10 years. Five, five core members of the next Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins team. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, I saw these five signings, and I said that there will, there will be another Stanley Cup in our immediate future. Yeah, these guys will have their names chiseled into the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Right, in in blood, uh, in blood AJ and sweat and, and and tears, <laughs> tears of joy. AJ Greer was assigned along with Connor Carrick, Vinny Lattieri, uh, Daniel Renouf, and Keith Kincaid. Yeah, five you know five free agents that you know a week ago I definitely would have forecasted and predicted these five would be in the mix. There's two guys on this list that I've heard of, too. <laughs> Me, too. Uh, I've heard of Kincaid, the goalie. Keith Kincaid, I've heard of, and Connor Carrick, I've heard of. Yes. The other people I've never heard of before in my life. No. Nope. Now, Greer played at BU for a hot second, a couple yep. of years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is a kind of a fighter that can score kind of thing yeah. at certain levels. Um, Probably a 4A player. Edge. Yeah, well, probably a four A player. Yeah, four A player. Yeah, but a, but one of those four A players that scores a bunch and fights and mm -hmm. gets the crowd going. And mm -hmm. you you paid five bucks and uh, here comes the mascot. And it's a it's a wonderful experience for the whole family. Sure it is. Um, but uh, he has a one way contract. He does two year one way. He wow. does. So he'll probably be you know fourth line extra forward type guy. I would think. Uh, you know, short money, energy, hits, like you said, mm -hmm. fights, add some toughness, get to the greasy areas, and, and he has a little touch, or at least yeah. at the AHL level he did. So um, yeah. put up pretty decent numbers at the AHL level. So, you know, maybe maybe uh, you know, maybe he finds a home here. And, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think he's a local kid, but like you said, went to, went to BU. So mm -hmm. maybe a local fan favorite type of deal. Um, so, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind it. It's short money. So. You know, if you can find a guy that comes in and, and hits and wants to be here and, and has some touch, I mean, that's it's better than Anton Bleed because he didn't want to be here. So, yeah, there you go. Yes. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it can't be any worse than Anton Bleed. A guy, a guy like Greer, you know, you lose six in a row, you have three or four injuries, and then he shows up some night in yeah. Ottawa. Sure. You know what I mean? And just beats the bag out of someone and maybe Love kicks it. one in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Connor Carrick, who you mentioned, yeah, uh, was with the Seattle uh, Kraken. Yeah, I almost called them the Supersonics. One year, <laughs> two-way contract, seven hundred fifty k. Uh, he's a guy who could get some time, I think. Yeah, I don't hate this. This is the yeah. this is the one move out of all the guys. I was like, all right, that's a decent depth move. You yeah. have a guy with some NHL experience. Uh, I believe he played briefly in Toronto too. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's had some experience in a in a tough hockey market, and uh, you know he's NHL experience. You know, I, I I think it's a pretty good depth signing for them. Yeah, I do too. And I, I you, they need some depth at the defense, you know, in, in at 750K. Yeah, that definitely, you know, he's a former fifth round pick. He has played with Toronto, Washington, New Jersey. So he has, you know, he has 241 games under his belt. Yeah. You know, uh, 13, 13 goals, 36 assists. Um, you know, not, not, not terrible. And, and a guy that, like I said, you know, I think he will, he'll get some time when there's some injuries and such. Uh, then it was Vinny Lettieri. Um, I thought this guy was in the Sopranos, but uh, that was, that was Paulie Galtieri who died recently. Um, but Vinny Lettieri comes over from the uh, Anaheim Ducks on a one year two way. Also at 750 K. I think he's a little feisty also. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. Uh, and I, I saw someone say um, that he he had um, a sc- scoring touch or s- a something along those lines. Yeah, and he has like seven goals in his in the in all of his career games. So the scoring touch is not at the NHL level. So let's let's back off no. on that a little bit. No. Um, he- no, he he has actually very similar numbers to Anton Bleed when it comes to career. I think I think Bleed had seven or eight goals in yeah. like eighty five games, sure. so uh, right around there. He did score twenty plus goals three different years with the Hartford Wolfpack okay. of the AHL. Um, so he has then. He played at U University of Minnesota four years. His last year, he scored nineteen goals. Not much of a goal scorer before then, um, and he played in the USHL before then. Um, you know, he's twenty seven. He's a right shot center. They need center depth. And again, this could be one of those in mid December when you got some injuries mm-hmm. and let's throw Vinny Lettieri in there. Yeah, I mean he's fast and he happens. and he plays with a little bit of an edge, I I guess. Uh mm-hmm. um so it sounds to me or looks to me like they might be trying to to fi- kind of firm up an identity here, which I like. We've been talking about right. it for a while. Like, what is hard to play against? We didn't really know what that was. It seems right. like they're going for quick, fast, skilled forwards with a little bit of an edge. And it seems, based on development camp, we'll get to that later, but based on development mm-hmm. camp, it seems like they're going for a bigger defenseman that can, you know, skate move the puck and, and has a little bit of an edge as well. So, you know, they're looking for a team, maybe a little more bite, a little more snarl, a little more edge, a little bigger on the defensive side, which I like, and, and that can stand up to the rigors of a, of a full playoffs. And then, you know, some, some maybe a little bit smaller skilled forwards. Although, you know, I think they're mixing in a few bigger guys here or there, but generally that's what it is. And, and I'm all for that. I mean, that's the Tampa Bay lightning model pretty much. And it's worked for them. So, I mean, if it's working, copy the shit out of it. Copy the shit out of it. 
Yeah, I think if the, you know they've lost to Tampa Bay and Carolina in the playoffs in the past, recent yeah. past, and those two teams have given them problems. Mm-hmm. And these are the types of teams and what their identity was. So I'm I'm with you. I mean, I, it seems as though even through the draft, like every guy was like, "Boy, he's hard on the puck. He's hard on the puck. He plays hard. He's hard on the puck." Like mm-hmm. it was everybody throughout the the draft, and now in these guys here, it's all like you know, this guy has some grit. This guy is hard on the puck. This guy has a motor. You know that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Danielle Renouf is a defenseman, left shot D man, 28 years old, went to UMaine for three years back in the day. Um, has 23 NHL games with zero goals, three assists. Um, you know, he's a, uh, you know, a, another guy, he's six, three, 200 left shot D and another guy that, you know, we'll be down in Providence. They did need some guys in Providence because they lost some people and knew they were going to lose some more, mm-hmm. and they needed to fill out that roster. And I like the fact that they're filling out the roster with guys who, you know, like we just said, like we just described them, you know, just kind of gritty and big and physical and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I, it can, I mean, it can't hurt to have another, you know, large physical left <laughs> defenseman. I mean, it's basically their answer to, you know, Josh Brown or – you know, right. Jared Tenorti or, you know, it's the right. same, same kind of mold as that, yeah. I would say. And they lost Troy Grosinek, uh down on the farm. So they'd pick up Keith Kincaid, uh goaltender. He can, he can play a little bit here and there in, in Providence and give yourself a little bit of insurance or emergency insurance in case somebody goes down and you need someone with a little bit of experience anyway. So Keith Kincaid was the fifth guy signed, um, and looking at his numbers, he's 33, so he's an older gentleman who's played 167 games in in the NHL. Um, you know, 69, 58, and 21, 905 save percentage in his career, mm-hmm. um, and a 292 goals against. So he has you know, a little bit of success and has played you know quite a few NHL games. So yeah, I mean, this doesn't this way. doesn't fall into the seven chirps category. But let me let me ask you this: Do okay. do you think they consider trading Allmark and and having Kincaid be the full time backup? I I think so. I mean, I I would, and I think they should uh, consider trading Allmark. I don't I don't know right now what his no movement is and how many teams and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can't have two guys, two goalies, when when Swayman has to sign next off season because he's an RFA or you're probably going to maybe even extend him this year before that gets there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have two goals making 5 million a piece. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense, especially when you have the cap issues that they do. So I would, I mean, you can go Kaiser and Kincaid or whoever the hell, you know, in there as a backup, or you can just get a scrap heap guy, you know, for a million bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can save at least 4 million. I trade all Mark for, a, for a draft pick. I mean, look at the goalies around just in the free agency here. You know, they're making now, you know, pretty, pretty good money and they're pretty hot commodities and all Mark's a decent goalie and he's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. So some team that really needs one uh, can go out and, you know, Edmonton's had, a, you know, some trouble with that. Even Colorado was looking for a goalie and, you know, they, they, they've signed people, but some teams just keep having problems at goaltender. There's always going to be a need. So I say, yeah, I say explore it right now. And certainly after this season mm-hmm. coming up, yeah, I think you have to do it because I just, like I said, it's just too much money in, in, into goaltending. 
and you have, and you, like we said last episode, they've, they've done a pretty good job developing goaltenders and they have all sorts of, I guess, Phillips fed back did pretty well in rookie development camp. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they continue to get, you know, some decent goaltending and develop it. So I say, yeah, I say, let's, I would have, I would have done it. I've, I would do it sooner than later, honestly, because you could save, you know, $5 million there. Yeah, absolutely. That goes a long way. And yeah. I, especially if you're giving Bergeron and Krejci incentivated deals that push you over the cap for next year and go into next year, that takes away some of your flexibility that we've been looking forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's not great, but we could talk about that later. But yes, I, I would. I mean, he's a guy, him and Coyle are guys that I think you can deal. And they both make $5 million or so, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so how do, so from judging from everybody else, um, who do you think the winner of the free agency was winner of free agency? Um, uh, Detroit helped themselves quite a bit. Ottawa helped themselves quite a bit. They did. Um, you know, Montreal today trades Mm -hmm. from Matheson. They did pretty yeah. well in the draft. They picked up some guy. Like I feel like it's the teams in their division yeah. um, that have really improved. Like I think right. I think Ottawa is substantially better, obviously mm-hmm. with with right. uh, Brinkett and Giroux coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Detroit is substantially better because they have yep. a young nucleus. They went in, they made some moves, um, mm-hmm. and Montreal's better. You know, just mm-hmm. through the draft and and some of the trades. So. Um, and the Bruins right now on paper are worse. I mean, there's no yeah. two ways about it. Right if, now they are. Sure. Yeah. If Bergeron and Krejci yeah. come back, yeah, they're they're probably better. But they still don't have Marshan, McAvoy, Grizzlick for the first right. two to three months of the season. So right. even with Bergeron and Krejci, they're still worse off than they were last year because you're mm-hmm. you're missing basically your two best players for two to three months of the season. So yeah. um, it, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a struggle for them to make the playoffs. I think. I think so too. And and, and then you take Columbus, you know, who picks up Johnny Gaudreau out of right. nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's another team in the conference. I mean, I feel like the Eastern Conference just loaded up. Yeah. And you and almost and you're sitting there with your hands tied, you know, because right. you just don't have a lot of cap space and you have some no movement clauses and you and Bergeron and Krejci are coming back. Sure, but that's a one year plan. Like that's not. So I, I just felt like they didn't have a lot of flexibility there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think obviously Columbus, you know, one of the winners, Ottawa, is a really good young, talented team. I mean, I saw that their top six forwards combined for 166 goals yeah. last year. So they got Claude Giroux. Yeah. You know, and they. And to bring you know, it. They, and to bring it. And to go with, you know, Batherson and Norris scored 35 goals and yeah. re-upped. Like, they, they have yeah. a real good plan there. Yeah. Um, Shabbat. So that's another. Yeah. You know, Shabbat. Stutzel, yeah. yeah. And you have Moritz Sider with, Detroit. you know, with, with Detroit. And it's a, you know, New Jersey, you know, they get hauled. They don't get Goudreau, but they get hauled. They're probably still in the mix for Kadri or someone else, someone else big. So who knows? You know, I mean, everybody in the friggin' conference is you know Carolina got big got better, yeah. You know they they they're going balls to the wall for it there. So that's you know and, and of course the Rangers got Trocheck. So it's Jesus. Yeah, it's, Brent uh, Burns comes from west to east with Carolina. Yeah. So they you know yeah. they improve. They lose D'Angelo, but they gain Burns. I mean, uh, Burns yeah. in my opinion is better than D'Angelo. Sure. Um, plays yeah. plays 
you know, in all situations and, and can equal the kind of point production on the power play and so forth. So, and it, and I think right. he's going to be revitalized being on a, on a winning team. Oh, sure. So, sure. uh, you know, look for big things from him. So it, yeah, the conference as a whole is, is tougher. I think it was tougher last year. Uh, the avalanche mm-hmm. kind of rolled through the West. Uh, there was, you know, there were some good teams, you know, Calgary, St. Louis, you know, um, yeah, Minnesota. but Minnesota, yeah. uh, Edmonton, but you know, yeah. not, not the kind of gauntlet that the, that the East was, I feel like. No. And I, and I agree. And the East is just even better. And that's, that's scary. Uh, and like you said, the Bruins could be better with Bergeron Krejci and still fall back, back a little, you know, they could still miss the playoffs with a better team than last year. And that's that's unfortunate. All right, seven chirps time. Sponsored by Lops Brewing, Lops a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent uh, off your online order. Just go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new me- beers and events. And chirp number one, CEO Charlie Jacobs says a rebuild is too difficult of a sell in Boston. Do you agree with that? Generally, I do. Yes. Mm. I think I think uh, fans around here are used to winning, and mm. uh, they really wouldn't tolerate a, a rebuild. Um, I don't think that they could, you know, there's no way for them to sell that. There's no way for them to say, you know, hey, we're going right. to be bad for, you know, three to five years and collect a, you know, a series of top five picks. And it just, it's, it's not going to fly. I mean, the way that they have managed the team since they've owned it and all along has always been, you know, we'll make the playoffs and see what happens. And, you know, they won't, you know, they hadn't in the past done really much of anything to add to the teams that they that they had. And it was just about getting playoff money for the Jacobs. And I still think that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they say, Oh, we are, you know, we're a cap team. We spend to the cap, which they do, but they were one of the primary teams that instituted the cap. They were one of the ones that were fighting the hardest for it. Um, they want to cap the salaries and keep their money and make more of it when the playoffs roll around. And that's the way they've always been. I don't think they, they talk about a commitment to winning. I don't think they have one. I really don't. I really don't. Because if they did, some of those teams in the in the in the late eighties, uh, you know, eighty eight, ninety, some of those teams they would have added, and they didn't. They so if yeah. if they're really committed to bringing a Stanley Cup here, like they say they would, say they want to, they would have added to some of those teams, and they and they would have maybe done some more, you know, with this core group, and they, and right. they haven't. It's been supplemental on the fringe things. They've gone into seasons knowing where holes are and still haven't filled them. How is that a commitment to winning? Right. It's not. Right. It's not. It's not. Um, and I tend to agree. I, I think that a rebuild is is a tough sell. Well, here's the thing. When they've had a number one overall pick, Thornton, they didn't really get all that better after that, and then they trade him. And then Sagan comes. Now, they have a really good team when Sagan is there, and they win, but then he's gone. You know, and then they traded for a high pick in Dougie Hamilton. He's gone. Like, I, I'm not sure that a rebuild – rebuild is no guarantee you're going to get better you know, year after year after year, you're going to progress. There's no guarantee. No, you, you have to be bad for a long period of time. You can't just right. be bad for like one year and then be like, oh, yeah, we got the number one pick. Let, you know, here right. we go. Unless you, and, and it, ha- I mean, it hasn't worked with Edmonton. They had, right. you know, oh, God. They had Yamamoto yeah. uh, and Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, and Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl yeah. was picked second, I believe. And mm-hmm. obviously McDavid and, and yeah. uh, you know, th- so they've had a, a series of, of top, you know, 
top overall picks, top three, top five picks, and it hasn't worked out for them. But then again, you look at Colorado, you know, McKinnon won, Makar top four, Rantanen, um, you know, so they've had a series of, of high picks and they've done something with it. Mm-hmm. And then and then added around that Landeskog was right. a top pick. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they you it 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 just depends who you pick and 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 how good you are at at looking at the draft and and picking the right guys. Do you think that this ownership group, this no. management group, can do it? No, I think there's, I don't there's a lot of there's a lot of fans out there on Twitter saying that they want to they'd rather have a rebuild, but those same fans are going to bitch and moan. Oh, they would one hundred percent rebuild well enough or quick enough, and they're bad, and their their ticket prices are amongst the highest in the league. I mean, it's it's expensive to go to the game, and I think the salary cap helps them right now because they've budgeted like we can do eighty two million, we can go to the cap, but let's say let's say two years from now. When the hard when the hard cap goes away and the flat cap goes away, let, let's say it's a hundred. Like, do they spend in the cap still? Like, that's what that's my fear is that there's a number there that they won't go past. You know, what I'm yeah. right now it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like those Sinden years back in the '80s, there was no cap, so they just didn't get the other guy. They didn't spend the money. Mm-mm. But now they can appease their fans by saying, "Hey, we spend to the cap. We spend to the cap." Right. But will they kill, continue to do that when the cap goes to 95, 100, 115? You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be what they do so um i i think i don't think they need i'm on the fence of i don't think they need to rebuild i really don't because i think they have if they if they retain pasternak they've got four or five of the you know really good players in the league like they do so i think they can build around it now whether or not they can form that team around it and they have a good young rookie goalie that's you know could mm-hmm. should get better. Yeah. So they have pieces in place. Good defenseman, good goalie, good goal scorer. Like yeah. that's a good start. Yeah. So um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think they sh- they need to rebuild, but they sure as hell need to make some good, you know, almost risky hockey trades. Like I think the Zaka trade is more hockey-ish of a trade. It's not a real risk-taking thing, but at least is a 50-50 trade. Like this could go either way. And that's a that's that's not what they've done since Riley Smith, Jimmy Hayes. Like that's not what they've done. It's usually been let's win the trade, let's let's fleece somebody, <laughs> you know. So this is the trade with Zaka that I think uh, is at least more of a hockey trade, more of a chance taking a chance on a young guy with talent hasn't really gotten there, um, and trading a guy who was pretty valuable last year. So I don't know. I I don't think they need to rebuild. And I am with you. I think it's hard to rebuild in Boston. Um, and then part of it is that Robert Kraft really changed the whole thing. Like when they won, the other teams almost were forced to compete. You know what I mean? So that's that changed the whole thing. And then the Red Sox won. Then it was just like title town. And now you can't be a dwell, you know, doormat, bottom dweller, <laughs> when all the other teams in the in the city are winning. So that puts the pressure on you. So I don't think they can do it either. Um, seven, okay, number two, chart number two, the Bruins do trade Eric Haller for Pavel Zaka. Your thoughts on this one? I liked it. Mm. I liked it. Uh, I mean, I've been critical of Sweeney as, as much as anybody. Um, I thought it was a good trade for them. They get younger at the position. Um, Zaka's 24, 25 years old. Um, he has some offensive upside. 
He is Czech. He knows Jacob Zavarl. He knows David Pasternak. He's played with him. He's played with Krejci. Uh, he summers in Boston. I didn't know this beforehand. He already has a place here. He works out here in the offseason with uh, Brian Boyle and, and Jimmy, Hay- uh, Jimmy Hayes. Some of those guys uh, got him up here to work out. So uh, he's already familiar with a bunch of the guys from offseason training. So it should be a pretty seamless kind of addition. Welcome to the, to the team. Um, he can learn, hopefully, under Patrice Bergeron for a year or two. Um, how to be a more kind of complete center, but it's a young, big center with offensive skill that can that can skate and score. So um, you know he hasn't put up the numbers people would have wanted uh, up to this point, but he hasn't played with the likes of you know a Hall or a Pasternak or a Marchand or or that. I mean, so um, I feel is there's something there that could be unlocked with him, and you could end up really really uh getting kind of a steal there and and you got substantially younger at the center position too which is which is great yeah i mean he's he's 25 he's 6 3 210 you know big uh big center left shot center had 15 goals last year at 17 the previous year um you know he's in that mid 30s point wise but like you said if he plays with good play let's say he plays maybe not this year but next year with with hall and Pasternak. Or so, you know, it, then he's playing with really good players as a second line center. He gets to learn from Bergeron and Krejci if Krejci comes back. So um, this is a good. It's actually a really good setup for them because they have two. You know, one's a Hall of Famer, one's a Bruins Hall of Famer centers that he can learn from for the one year, and then hopefully just take that second line center role the next year. You know, and. Um, you know, either first or second, but top six center role. So I think it's a great trade too. And they 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 trade Halla, who was good for them, thirty one year old, uh, who, entering the final year of his deal. They're not going to resign him, Mm-mm. you know. So and this is a this is like you said, a, it's it's an upgrade, and then it's a it's a younger, bigger center with talent, more offensive talent, raw talent than Halla. So this is a guy that you can build with a little bit for the next few years. We'll see what the deal is like because Zaka is an RFA, but it shouldn't be much more than Hollow is making right around 3 million probably or whatever it is. But I think, um, I think it would be a pretty good, I think it's a pretty good trade just because you're not going to have Hollow pass this year anyway. And this is a chance to go center for center and, and get younger by, you know, six years. Mm-hmm. So I like the, I like the deal a lot as well. Uh, chart number three, Curtis Lazar signed with Vancouver, goes back home to British Columbia, just $1 million per year for three years. Fans were in an uproar on Twitter. Like, that's it? Like, we, we couldn't keep Curtis Lazar? And I just say to them, you need to settle down. I mean, this is a fourth-line guy who was fine. I mean, he's pretty good, like, great. But man alive, I mean, you don't, and the Bruins have had a history of this, you don't put too much investment, uh, term or or money, into fourth-line guys. No, he took less to go home, people, okay? Right. He took $1 because he was going home, to his home, where he lives, Vancouver, where he lives. He took $1 million there because that's where he's from. He would not have taken that from you or anyone else. Um, And I love the guy. Believe me, I love the guy. I thought he was excellent. He did everything that they possibly could have asked him to do. Um, He chipped in a little bit offensively, but he he didn't set the world on fire, and they have young guys now. Everybody says, oh, you got to integrate the young guys. What about Jack Stanika? He's not getting a chance. What about Oscar Steen? Well, here you go. Now's their time to shine. 
Welcome to the NHL, boys. Let's play. There you go. Okay. There you go. You See you, Curtis. Freaking idiots. I love you. Mean it. it. This guy didn't get this. It seems like every like Austin Zarnick signed with someone the other day, and someone on Twitter was like, "Boy, he never really got a chance here." Oh my friggin' lord! Like, yeah, you know, why is it always the Bruins' fault? It's the Bruins' fault that they that they picked the guy and invested in the guy, but it's not the Bruins' fault that these guys aren't developing. They picked the wrong guy, but it's not because they weren't getting enough time that they didn't make it. Because none of these guys you know, get, get anywhere. Like none of them do. The only guys that have gone anywhere else and done anything were Riley Smith went to Vegas and, and blossom there. Uh, but he, he, I mean, he was pretty good for us while he was here, but, um, and you know, I guess Stanton Heinen, but I mean, other than that, there hasn't really been anybody here that's gone other places and you'll be like, Oh fuck. I, I regret that. I I wish they hadn't done that. I mean, there's guys like Kessel and Hamilton and Sagan and Joe Thornton that you wish they had held on to, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, he didn't develop here. You know, there isn't guys where you're like, Oh, he didn't get a shot. And then he goes somewhere else. And all of a sudden he's setting the world on fire. That hasn't happened. It hasn't hasn't happened. happened. They picked the wrong guys. Even Heinen wasn't qualified right like, for the penguins yeah i mean he, he wasn't qualified yeah. they didn't want him for like 1.1 million dude i know that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying it's like <laughs> i uh, i guess you could include him but i mean not really like he played really. with Sidney crosby that's why he's scoring goals yeah. like i mean yeah. rob brown did that and put up 150 points with mario lemieux one year yeah. one and, year and then yeah. never did anything again so no. i mean no, I, I, I agree. It's just, you know, but, you know, Lazar was fine, but they have guys that are coming up or whatever that are going to be able to fill that role. He's a penalty killer who scored eight goals. Yeah. Like, for God's sakes. Like, uh, all right, chart number four, out of the many depth signings, did anyone jump out of you out of that group that we talked about? No. <laughs> Me neither. I thought they'd at least sign a guy that was – that was like a, at least a legitimate, like NHL veteran. Like I thought they'd at least sign a guy that you're like, okay, 35 year old guy for 2 million on his last legs. Give it a, give it a go. I thought they'd sign someone like that. Like some defenseman or some, somebody that they, that they throw some, you know, a little bit of money at. They don't have a lot of it, but I just thought they would. And and they didn't come anywhere close to, Sign anybody. No, I, I really, th- I, I mean, I think they should move on from some of the guys in the bottom six and some of their I lower, that some of their lower ND. And I honestly think they're going into the season with those guys. I think they yeah. are. I think because yeah. Grizzly is hurt, they're like, oh, we're keeping Riley, even though yeah. Riley's a little bit ding too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nosek, it's like, oh, where's Studnika going to play? Well, Nosek's there. Mm-hmm. Well, Nosek didn't yeah. do anything the entire second half of the year. He was brutal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, get rid of him. Trade him for a draft pick. Felino, I mean. 3.8 to do absolutely nothing. And believe me, yeah. I wanted the guy here when he when when they signed him. I was like, that's a good move. Uh, a depth piece to who'll score a little bit. He'll add to the room. Good locker room guy. You know, feisty, all that. Nothing. Gave you nothing. nothing. For 3.8 so, a year. Absolutely nothing. 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 And he's still on the team. And he's still yeah, on the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that you can buy them out, say whatever, 1.5, whatever it is. And then I think there's a 900 or something on next year or whatever. It seems like an easy buyout to me. It seems like, you know, yeah. you can save a little bit of money this year 
and, you know, put it on someone else's contract or something, or just have a little bit of buffer there or something. And you could trade Riley, Allmark, Foligno, you know, dump Foligno, you know, whatever you could, you could, you, it just seemed to me coming into the off season, they could get eight or 9 million bucks somewhere. You know what I mean? They should but be they able just, to. I mean, they should be they able to. They just haven't. And no. Nosek, here's another guy. Same reasons as Lazar. Like, Nosek was fine at the beginning of the year, and I'm like, boy, this is – we even talked about him being, like, the best of the signings yeah. in the first, like, month of the year. Mm-hmm. But then he just – it was nothing. It was, it was a little bit of penalty killing here and there, a little bit of – but there was no production at all. Like, just move on from the guy. He's got one year left in the deal. Just trade him for a sixth-round pick. Just take the money. Yeah, you can't tell me that you you couldn't trade, like, Foligno to Arizona or somebody. I I mean, maybe they give him no move. I mean, I don't know. But, like. Someone looking to get to the bottom, you know, to to the floor. Or or Jersey. Like, you could could move him somewhere and pick up a low-round pick for for the guy and clear the money off your books. Like, why aren't you exploring that? And I honestly think it's like, oh, he has a tie to Boston Children's Hospital. And, like, you convinced them to come here. And like, Jesus. you know, he was just came last year. What? And you turn around and get rid of him now. Like, that's not a good look. Like, it's a business, bro. It's a business. Yeah. Like, sometimes you, ca- you can't be your best friends with a guy. It's like yeah. Sweeney, when he talks about them, it's always, oh, we sat down with him and his wife and his kids oh, and I his know. dog. And like, like okay. give it a it. fucking break. No, no. I mean, I don't want to hear that. Like, talk to the guy honestly about how he plays hockey and and he'll talk to his family. He'll figure out, like, he'll talk to his family. Right. You don't need to schmooze the wife. Okay. No. You don't. No. Come on. No. And this is a part of the problem. Like, they fall into love with these players and their families. And um, you could even trade Felino for future considerations and, and, and take retain a million or a million and a half and still still get two, 2.3 out of the thing and run like hell. Like, yeah. you know, Jesus. Like, you could avoid the buyout. You could avoid next year putting 900K on your on your books. Like, you could avoid all that by Max Pacioretty went for, went for future considerations. Like, Felino could do that. Like, yeah. someone would pay 2.3 for Felino for one year. Why the fuck? You could, they would. Well, why not? Like, somebody would. I mean, I just... I don't know. They just think, I, sometimes I think that they can cure these guys or that they're going to get lightning out of a bottle or, or Felino's going to rebound or whatever. It's just going to be another shit show. He, they, they're like you know? the, they're like the anti-patriots. Cause like yeah. Belichick for the most part, I mean, it, it took him a while and to kill Harry, but for the most part, when he makes a mistake drafting a guy or bringing a guy in, boom, gone. See ya. Gone. Doesn't even matter. Like they, they, he could bring him in. And then after a month, if he's not, living up to expectations gone mm-hmm. and the Bruins are like, so the opposite of that. And it drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, it's like, Oh, you know, Vanessa and, and, and it's like, I don't, I don't stop <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Stop it. Yeah. Come on. Oh, we went out to, we went out to a nice dinner in the North end at Ray Bork's restaurant with, you know, Sally and Jesse and whatever. I mean, it's come on. Raphael. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just making up names because I don't know any of their names, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chirp number five, Don Sweeney gets testy about pasta talks with Ty Anderson says that if you really need to know, uh, we didn't talk about money and yada, yada. Why is he so testy about like, why first I know that they can't talk before, but they talk money. I mean, they, they, they get an idea before the, the, the free. It was the, no, it was the, it was the day of the, what was the day of? Yeah. It was the day of. 
So why? why are you so yes, money? you can talk money. You can. Right. I mean, I don't. What are you going to give him space? You want him and his girlfriend to, you know, have some space first? Like, what? Do, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's it drives me crazy watching that guy talk. It really does. It does. It's to the yes. point where I want to scream and yell at the TV. Like you're not being honest. Like no. everything is like everything is like management speak. It's just it line after line of bullshit. It's it it's just say what you mean. Like right. we, so we had exploratory talks and that's all, or that's like we didn't exchange money figures yet because we haven't gotten there, whatever. It's just like a, everything is like an around the way or like, yeah. we're just finessing things right now. Like talk in plain English that people can understand and, and stop with the, all the BS around the edges of it. It drives me nuts. He does, and he's arrogant, and that, that's what he's—he's he's arrogant about it. He stands up there like he's—he's he's made every great move known to man. Like, for, I mean, I look. Parsonak must have a number. I think he still likes it here. I mean, there's been talk about how he doesn't like Sweeney or whatever, or mad about his check. It—it it is interesting that they go out and get like Pavel Zaka a check. Like they start to like get like pasta's friends and stuff like that's kind of weird but i think that pasta generally speaking likes it here and if i'm Pasternak, i want to play in boston because that's where he is a name like if he could go go somewhere else go to new jersey and no one's gonna give a shit about you pasta no no one's gonna care so if you stay in a market like boston with his rabid fan base and they market you this is a good place for you to be the next eight years the bulk of your career and i i just don't get it like i just don't get it like you've you've known this is coming down the pipeline for months the season's been over since before memorial day like you don't know what he's thinking you don't you you just have exploratory talks like what are you what are you doing like yeah. he's 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 recruiting Krejci to come like what are you doing like it's all set up there for you you kind of know the market and what he's going to probably want 9 9 and a half, 10 whatever it is you know what it is so i don't get it i just don't get it he's going to be a top 5 goal scorer in team history if he stays yes. here yeah. Um, and, and there's a good chance he'll be, you know, top two. I don't, yeah. I don't think he'll catch Esposito unless he goes on a, on a bit of a run, but, uh, unless he plays or, or yeah, or, or, uh, yeah. Busick or whatever it is. But, yeah. um, you know, he's going to be top five all time. He's up there. And, up there. and yeah. yeah. And, you know, he should finish his career as a Bruin. He should. Yeah. Um, he so score six, 600, 700 goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I don't know. I just, especially now when when you have Bergeron and Krejci and and all them, I and everybody's sort of leaving and you're transitioning. That's the guy that you move on with. Like that's the guy, Pasternak and McAvoy, the two guys that they go into the next generation with. And I just, I don't know who else you're gonna get. Like you know what I mean? Like this, like who else you gonna get? Like are you, you're basically saying we're not gonna, we're not gonna spend money on Pasternak. Well, are you gonna spend money on somebody else? Like who else you're gonna get? Now you're gonna have to. You already have problems scoring, secondary scoring, right? And you've had problems scoring for the bulk of many years. Mm-hmm. Like you're not a high flying offense, and you're gonna get rid of a guy who's, who scores forty goals a year. And I mean, I just, I mean, it's just that, that to me is, is really the, the rub of the whole thing. Like you're, you, you would, you would trade a guy or get rid of a guy who's a 40 goal scorer 
because uh, you don't want to pay him, you know, going market rate or whatever it is. Um, 40 goal scorers do not go grow on trees. Like those guys no. don't come around very often and you have one. So right. fucking keep him. Right. Like Chicago right. got rid of Dabrinkit, but they're doing a full fucking teardown. Right. Like we're not doing that. So no, if, if, if you want to still remain good, you got to keep the guy. You have right. to. You have to. Or I would have traded a pasta knife for Dabrinkit. Like yeah, I would, have, I would have gotten to bring it if I knew that Pasternak was going to leave. Like I just that's that's what I would have done it's because you can't. You're right. I mean, how long they've they've tried 15 right wings with Krejci trying to find a guy who could score some frigging goals for him. Mm-hmm. Like they, it doesn't it doesn't show up. Nope. It doesn't show up all the time. Um, all right, chart number six. Bruins Twitter posts a video of John Beecher scoring and tags John Schreiber of the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw this and I was like, seriously, dude, like, like, what are you doing? I, I just, like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, there's some, some, I mean, obviously it's like an intern and they have it's no idea. Intern. Yeah. But, and, so uh, takes. but, um, some teams do social media. Well, yes. Uh, your, uh, Vegas golden Knights, when they were first starting okay. out, their, yeah. their Twitter was excellent. Carolina does a really good job with it. Um, yep. and there, and there's some other teams that, that do well with it. The Boston Bruins are not one of those teams. No, they're not. They're not. Um, uh, they struggled just generally, I think marketing players around town. Like, you know, pasta cause he's, you know, right. He's got that. He used to have the, you know, the crack tooth and the smile and he was bubbly right. and, you know, you saw him at the, at the, uh, the winter the thing in Lake Tahoe, whatever the hell mm-hmm. they called that. It wasn't yeah. the winter classic, was it? It was like no, some was other the, um, heritage, heritage oh, classic. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah, one of those. Um, you know, with the Barbie girl and all that stuff, like they can market some of those guys, they get like local TV ads or maybe some national things, but you know, as a whole, they don't do a great job of like getting the names of the guys out there and, and, uh, their, their social media is just, I mean, that was like, and it was since deleted shortly after when everybody jumped all over them, but my God, like you don't even have the right sport. I, I don't know how you think John Beecher is John Schreiber. If how do you, you are yeah. interning with the Bruins, you got to put both feet in to understand, learn everything about the goddamn Bruins, please. Like, holy shit. Yeah, you should know that a guy, or like, write down, like, shouldn't that be a list? Shouldn't that be a list? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. the guy walks in and you're like, all right, John Beecher, you're, you're on, the, on the Bruins. So, like, what's your, what's your Instagram? What's your... You know, yeah. Twitter handle, like, what's your Twitter handle? yeah, like, what what's are these things? Game? Like, can we, can yeah. we put that, can we throw that shit in a spreadsheet for someone? Yeah. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> Fig- figure it out and then, and then, and, and maybe take a peek before we throw yeah. it out there to a, no you know, no a million and a half no people. Editing or ch- no one's checking, you know, Allison from Emerson, sophomore from Emerson. No one's checking her fucking tweets, like before the sent out, like what, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? We're just giving the keys to social media is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Like you put something out there that could be like catastrophically bad. <laughs> right. You know, or, or make you look like a complete asshole like this yeah. one does. Like you, it's not just some throwaway. We'll give it to the intern and they can do whatever. It goes fucking viral and you're in deep doo-doo. Like, yeah. You could, look like maybe asshole. we, maybe we could, could we take that over? 
Oh my God. I'd take that. I'd take that right over. Yeah. We should just, they, you know what? They should ha- hire us yeah. to do like a, like a daily or a weekly or whatever, like, like video on Twitter. Like we could just take over the Twitter and the social media sure. and do like these videos and yeah. we could be like, you know, the old Fitzy videos. Like we'd just be like Maddie and Smitty and, and fucking, in fucking causeway in the north end and in, in, in warrior ice arena talking bruins <laughs> you know that's that's the yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't get john shriver mixed up with john beecher no uh trip number seven who was a guy that you would have liked the bruins to sign if they had cap space i'll give you two i'll give you a forward and a defenseman uh the forward i i've talked about before it's vincent trocheck i i wanted mm-hmm. them to go after him because i i I feel like he's kind of, uh, you know, he's in his prime as a as a scoring center. He plays the style that they want. He's fast. He's quick. He's aggressive. He's got some touch around the net. I think playing him with, uh, you know, the likes of Hall and Pasternak and whatnot would um, help him to uh, probably reach career highs and points, I would think. Um, he is playing with some good players, obviously, in Carolina already or, or had been. Um, but that, that was, that was a forward I wanted him to go, to go after and a, and a sneaky defenseman signing who I was looking at going into free agency. And then I saw what he got paid and I was like, Whoa, um, was Eric Goodbranson from Calgary, big physical guy skates. Well, um, has a little bit of offense, but not really, um, more of kind of a steady physical D man, tough to play against. Um, I thought would have been a great addition on the back end for the Bruins. Uh, he made like 1.7 or 1.8 last year and he signed four times four, I believe with Nashville, Nashville, or I think it was Nashville. Right. Um, and I was like, Holy shit. Uh, yeah. cause that's quite a race. So, uh, I don't know if I would have gone that high for him, but, um, based off of what he made last year, I was like, Oh, something, you know, two years, three years in the, in the, you know, two and a half, three range. Like I, I felt like that's something, uh, the Bruins could have done that would have made them better. Yeah. And I, you know, I, my two, I really liked Dylan Strom for that money, three and a half million. Like, mm-hmm. That was, you know, he goes to the Capitals. That's a guy that would have certainly helped. And, and Andre Pilat. I mean, I, yeah. I really think that he would have been. I, he got a little more than I thought for my liking. Like, I, I would have liked to see, I'm thinking more like four and a half to five million, mm-hmm. but he gets six million. It's a little, it's a five year deal. It's a little bit of an investment. But I think Palat would, Palat and Strom, and then you had Zaka on the trade. That's now you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Like now you're now you're changing the makeup of the team, and you're and you're getting some guys. Palat's older, but you're you're getting a guy that's proven winner, mm-hmm. like been a good second or third line center, kind of or the second or third line left wing, kind of on those really productive in the bottom six. Like you know, I I, I like I like those two guys, but you know, alas, the Bruins didn't have a lot of money, and they ended up with AJ Greer. <laughs> So there you have it. Um, all right. Uh, rookie development wrap up. There were some, some good signs and some, and some people that stood up and I, and I saw quite a few people talking about Oscar Jelvik. I did. There. I saw that. Uh, he's going yeah. to BC in the fall. Um, yeah. You know, I, he was a lower round pick. So, you know, hopefully he goes there and, and produces well. And, and um, you know, it's something that, Bruins fans would love to see is uh, some of these guys develop and blossom into something that uh, the Bruins can use at the NHL level. 
And I saw that Frederick Brunet scored a goal in the scrimmage mm-hmm. the last day. That was nice. They did say that Brett, Brett Harrison had kind of a quiet week until the last day. Uh, showed up a little bit. Uh, he was with a third-round pick of the Bruins. Um, and a guy that they consider a prospect or has been talked about being a, a decent prospect. Um, I'm not sure you know, what his development is going to kind of look like going forward, but that was another guy. And um, so, but there, there was some, you know, it seemed like there were quite a few guys in the rookie development that were showing some really good skill. I guess Johnny Beecher is even faster, they say, than he was. Big good. guy with wheels. And they said he's, he said, well, he himself said he's been working on uh, his shot and, and scoring goals uh, the yeah. whole off season. So hopefully, um, he he finds something there. I, I don't know if that's something you, that can be taught, really, though. Like, you can work on your shot no. um, to pick corners and that kind of thing, but there's a knack that goal scorers have that you can't teach. It's being in the right place at the right time. It's having your stick down at the right place at the right time. It's knowing angles. It's knowing where the, what the goalie's going to do. There's just a knack that goal scorers have. Pasta has it. Marchand has it. There's certain guys that just have it. And then there's certain guys who don't, like Danny Paye, like Johnny Beecher, who just have stone hands, and the puck comes, it explodes off their stick, they shoot it off the glass, they shoot it into the crowd, they concuss mm. someone in the stands. I mean, it just, you know, certain things happen where those guys don't score goals, and then the guys that do, do. Right. Right. Uh, and Harrison did score, score a goal on the black and gold uh, scrimmage. And uh, and Phillips Bedback uh, uh, showed up pretty well. Uh, Kuntar and Lockmelis, Trevor Kuntar was also at BC, mm-hmm. and Lockmelis, who was a draft pick this year, yep. scored in the game as well. So yeah, McLaughlin uh, scored uh, an OT winner, I believe, from right. from yeah, uh, free agent last year. And uh, did. I I did hear good things about uh, Matthew Poitras too, uh, that yes. he was around the puck and. And, and doing some good things. So that's good to see. Um, hopefully Mason, some of these guys uh, Mason can Lurie, um, pan out. Mason Lorai did not play. Yeah. He said he'd be back skating in a couple of weeks, though, I think. Yeah, he had a knee injury uh, that he that he had worked on, and he should be back skating. He's going to go back to Ohio State uh, and right. play another year there. And um, <laughs> Fabian Lysel did not play, too, because he's going to the World Juniors um, for Sweden. Right, Sweden? Mm-hmm. Sweden, right. uh, and uh, but he will They're be, loaded. yeah. Sweden. So he will be back for uh, the Bruins' full um, camp uh, right. in in September or early October, whenever it is. Early It'd October. be interesting to see if Lowry at the end of the year will come sign with the Bruins and, and join join the Bruins at the end of this this coming year. I think, I think he it will. Could happen. I think he yeah, will. I think it could happen. Um, all right, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The Bruins Benders podcast is also on YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app to get some merchandise, to listen to some cool podcasts, and get all sorts of news, insight, and analysis on InsideTheRink.com. And that'll do it for Episode 43. We hope everybody has a good week, and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.